welcome back to the What If Project podcast. I am your co-host, Rain. And I'm your co-host, Tracy. And this is episode 22 of our podcast. Am I right? Am I counting correctly? You are counting correctly. (laughs) I'm a little nervous. I'm afraid I'm not going to get all of my ducks in a row today. Anyway, we are two BFF moms who are working on developing a sustainable lifestyle and getting our house in order one skill set at a time. Tracy, I do not have a game prepared for you today, but I do have a piece of information that I think is going to put a smile on your face and it is just going to build on top of some other kind of good news pieces of information that we have to share this morning. Yay, I love good news. I know. And you're really, really, really going to like this. I did get our Amazon affiliate store set up this morning. So that was one of the things that I had promised you I would do. And I have been putting it off, putting it off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I've got all of our account information. I'm going to get it input. So, you know, it it allows you to select kind of part of your name and then it sort of assigns part of your name. So it asked me what I wanted, like what our preferred name would be. So I told it I wanted it to be what if. And then it gave me a two digit hyphen two digit sequence that it stacks on to the end of that name. So our Amazon store name is what if 04 dash. Do you know what the last two digits might be? 12. Nope. What's a really fun, wonderful date in April if 04 equaled a month? Aw, 20. Yes. <laughs> How exciting. I was so <laughs> happy when I saw that. I was like, this feels like a sign from the universe that this is meant to be our store and we did it at the exact right time and it's going to be successful. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, Tracy is going to be so excited about this. That's so cool. So we are what if 04-20 is our Amazon store name. Oh, I won't be able to forget that. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. And then another piece of good news that we have to share this morning is we have finally reached one of the goals that we have been sort of working towards, like actively, intentionally working towards for a couple of months now. And that is... We've hit 100 followers on Instagram. (laughs) I'm really excited about that. We need to probably do a story on that this morning too, if nothing else. But yes, we did that last night. And Tracy and I have both put a lot of really intentional energy and effort into that over the last, I would say, several weeks in particular, just trying to grow those organic relationships, make sure that we're finding ways to connect with the people who we want to be part of community with and it's paying off. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that. Yes. It's all organic, a hundred percent organic. Yes. Now, Tracy, is there anything else as far as like good news kind of item stuff that I might've forgotten? We have microgreens to harvest. Today is the last day of our microgreen module and Rain and I both grew microgreens over that. Um, if you've been following along, we talk about that in the podcast and over on social. So Today we are going to harvest those microgreens and put them in our fridge so we can be eating on them. So two weeks from the day that we sowed them and they started to germinate to the harvest date, some they probably could have been harvested a little bit earlier, but say la vie, they're getting harvested today. 
Now, the microgreens module was, I think, really and truly our first completely just passion-based. This is something we've both really wanted to be learning about. We had no real experience in it. And we, I think, are in total and full agreement that it just blew us away. And absolutely, we want to include this as part of our daily routine. We have placed an order with True Leaf Market. And we actually applied for an affiliate status with them as well, because we are so confident that they are going to be a part of our lifestyle and integrated in so many multiple ways. And because of the experience that we had uh, with their seeds already, we know that they are a great fit for us moving forward. Yes, I'm very excited. They came high, very highly recommended to us. And so I'm, I'm very excited to get our hands on it and we can buy in bulk which is so important just to cut down on the the need for constant ordering and those sort of things. And our partnership allows us to coordinate our orders so that we can get different things without having to necessarily buy them for ourselves. We agree, okay, we wanna try this, we wanna do this, and then we're splitting the seeds and the cost. So one less delivery and all of that important stuff. So moving forward, we are going into module number six, which is going to be a made from scratch slash pantry treasures kind of module, right? (laughs) So the idea behind this module is we are really trying to get familiar enough with the kinds of basic ingredients that we tend to have on hand anyway, that we can do some sort of basic things from scratch without having to always consult a cookbook. So the made from scratch pantry treasures, whatever, I'm just going to call it made from scratch. I'm calling it pantry treasures because I'm thinking about it from the perspective of we shouldn't have to really go buy a lot in order to get this done. Now we are going to be hyper-focused on it. So we're going to be going through a lot of these ingredients at a rapid pace just because of the nature of the module. But generally speaking, these are gonna be items that you and I probably have stashed in the pantry anyway. So in the event that we want to do something, we should be able to just go to our kitchen, rummage around, throw it together, and then get it on the table. Right, so you know, I I was actually thinking about that last night. And one of the things that I am anticipating is that, you know, when you are not cooking from scratch, and not cooking at home as much. So when you're not cooking at home and you're eating out a lot, you know, those staples in the pantries, they they stay there a really long time, like mm-hmm. probably way too long. And then when you start cooking from home, they they do get consumed at a, a, a more rapid pace, but not ra- rapid necessarily. But when you really start to focus on cooking from scratch, you can go through like a bag of sugar or a bag of flour or even your milk. It just goes at such a quicker pace. Yes. And you know, one thing that you and I may want to have a conversation about sometime in the not so distant future is about combining bulk orders of items like this. I have the 100% emoji like flashing up right now. So Tracy, why do you think a made from scratch module is the next right step for us here at the What If Project? Well, I think a couple of things. So if we look at the modules that we've already done, which I think give us a good indication of what is important to us. So we did a thrifty living or an intentional uh, spending. It was intentional. So we did an intentional spending module. 
where we really looked at our budgets and we both <laughs> realized, which we already knew, we're, we're spending a lot of money eating out. Okay, so let's dial that back. Let's focus on eating at home more. And I think so it's the natural segue from going from that point to cooking more from scratch. So not only and then cooking from scratch, we are consuming less processed products. So we're reducing that, which then you're reducing packaging, which is eco-friendly. Um, you are reducing the amount of kind of taxation on these different systems to get these I mean, even like I say, a box of macaroni and cheese, the system that that takes to get it from not macaroni and cheese, then to your table and the things that are in it. And we, and then if we look at the, the litmus test for the, what if project, those two things don't really line up. Mm -hmm. And is there an alternative way to do that? Yes, there is. So how do we do that? And then keep building and evolving that mentality and that mindset and then developing skills that then transition into multiple areas of life. And so then there's this educational portion, which is so important to us. We love to learn. We, we want to be cons continually consuming that information and we want to share it with our children. I want my kids to know how to create something that is healthy and nutritious. That is something that they can pull a few staples out of the pantry or out of the refrigerator and be able to have a great meal in front of them. I agree. And you hit a lot of the same notes that I made about it, the skills building, the intentional spending, the fact that it is more sustainable. And for us, there's an element of going green, right? If we can buy in bulk, if we can reduce emissions just from going to the store. I mean, yeah, I could walk to the store, I could ride my bike to the store, but if I'm in a pinch to get dinner on the table, chances are I'm getting in my car to go get the frozen pizza or the box of instant mac and cheese or whatever it is. Those sorts of things also are working into decluttering, using what you have rather than shoving all this stuff in the cabinets and not pulling it back out again, mm. keeping that energy going through your kitchen and all of that. Yeah. You know, one thing that um, I realized last night that I didn't know previously. So I, I had mentioned to Rain yesterday that there were two series on Netflix that I thought we should watch kind of as part of this upcoming module. And one of them is called Cooked. And so my daughter and I watched the air episode, which is about bread. So it's all about bread. <laughs> and let me just say this. I love bread like a flower loves the sun. Like I, <laughs> I am passionate about bread. And in fact, this is, I, this is also a little ironic because my, my birthday's coming up and I've also been recently thinking about there was, um, and a, a woman in my life, her name, I was called her Aunt Sharon. And growing up through my teenage years, every year for my birthday, like my birthday gift, and it was like the best birthday gift ever. She would give me a loaf of her homemade sourdough bread mm. every year. That was my birthday gift. And I was, I, and I've been, so because of our module coming up, I've been thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, back to Cooked, they were talking about how previously our government said bread is product of these few ingredients and it was like four ingredients i think it was just flour water yeast you know like it was just mm -hmm. these very basic ingredients well along came wonder bread right along you know world war ii and now like the government says okay they had to change it to say actually no bread now can contain up to 33 ingredients mm -hmm. and so we went from <laughs> having bread is this Mm -hmm. with these minimal ingredients that's these are the only ingredients necessary to make bread 
to now we will allow bread and call it bread if it can have up to like 33 ingredients. And I'm like, well, I've never thought about that before. Like we literally changed the definition of what bread can be mm-hmm. to make it shelf life last longer, to make it white in color, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I just found that really interesting. And so then when you said something kind of like minimizing as part of this particular module, I hadn't really thought about that, but we really are, we're minimizing those unnecessary ingredients by cooking from scratch. Mm-hmm. You and I do love our rabbit holes, Tracy. So if we were to go down the <laughs> rabbit hole of like government labeling and all of that kind of stuff, there are so many ingredients that the United States allows into our food that like the European Union and other countries are like, no, that's so bad. Like we would never do that. I mean, the United States is basically just like a giant experiment in how you can treat your people. It's like, <laughs> like, what can we actually take? So there's, act- and we don't follow her yet, but I'm going to go look at her afterwards. There's an account that I follow personally and she's, she calls herself food babe. And she is very active about raising awareness about the sorts of chemicals and stuff that are put into food. I mean, she's, she's a legitimate activist. Like she goes and lobbies and says, this is dangerous. This is carcinogenic, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm going to go find her. But that's an excellent point, Tracy. Thank you for making that. Yeah. And and there might be a better place for this. And if so, just tell me and I'll re I'll stop and we'll start later. But when you were talking earlier, well, I think it was yesterday, we we talked a little bit about our our upbringing and mm-hmm. our childhood and and what we what we saw and, and maybe what we thought was from scratch, you know, those kinds of things. So my mom, Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. Mary was Sue. raised <laughs> she was raised on a farm and like farm like think 1950s 60s farm rural Tennessee you know the cows the chickens the horses the farmland that's that's where they lived and worked everything was from scratch every single thing mm-hmm. my mom wore homemade clothing and so when my mom and my dad got married in the early 70s and my mom moved away from home and now you know they have my dad had a career you know not depending upon farm life you know there was ketchup in a bottle and Mm -hmm. (laughs) so my mom's been made fun of a lot because she let like it was like ketchup was the holy grail Mm -hmm. and you know things you could buy things in a can that hadn't been preserved because my grandmother preserved everything they had huge gardens and everything was from a can but the glass kind with the ring on top Mm -hmm. um you know so the fact that she could buy del monte and go to the commissary and get the meat right there canned green vegetable canned starch vegetable you know that's how we were raised but now my mom has transitioned back to really wanting to go back to those roots and live a more sustainable from scratch lifestyles so it's just really interesting but it's nice that we're all on the same page now like Mm -hmm. we're all on that same page so yeah that is wonderful my trajectory to get here is is a little bit different but same as you in some respects which is that convenience food was a very large part of what i ate growing up i mean (laughs) like i could probably list in order my favorite hamburger helpers so like and I'm not kidding. So I'm either going to like live forever, forever, because I'm so well preserved, or at some point, my body's just going to be like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) But I agree with you, you know, you do feel a difference in eating healthy. And there really there's something really wonderful about finding ways to learn how to do it for yourself. And you know, Tracy and I, we live in town, we both 
have a decent sized yard, we're going to be able to grow some vegetables for ourselves. Like one or the both of us might sneak some chickens into the backyard at some point, but there are rules about those chickens where we live. So we are going to have to be a little sneaky, but nobody's getting a milk cow anytime soon, you know, so we are going to have to rely on local sourcing or even going to the grocery store. And here's the thing about all of that. Like, Sure, there are ideal ways of doing things, but what matters the most is finding ways to do the things that you want to do according to the values that you hold based on the options that you have that are actually reasonable options. If all, if you can go to Walmart and get several gallons of great value milk and then use that milk to make whatever you want to make there's no value difference between someone who's able to like milk their own cow and bring that into the house there is a lifestyle difference there probably is a nutritional difference but when it comes to the skills that you're building and the way that you are are providing these things for your family inherently those two things are still better than that boxed stuff. Absolutely. And it's all about doing what you can, where you can. And it's one little baby step at a time. And so the one thing I would never want anybody to feel is, well, I could never do that. Or, you know, well, yeah, they can do that because of blah, blah, blah. Or I feel bad about myself because I can't do it just like that. Um, let, please hear me when I say, and I speak for Rain and I both, you know, like we're still going to go through the drive-through every once in a while. I, I guarantee it. Yes. Um, and then all the way up to raising, you know, some backyard eggs. I have had backyard rabbits, a garden. We've both had, you know, rain has a greenhouse, but we're not going to have, you know, heritage variety pork in our backyards. Growing. Like, <laughs> that's not going to be happening. Um, so we haven't gone that farm. We, we can't homestead in our backyards. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we have run the gamut and you only can, you can do what you can do with the time that you have available, the resources you have available. Right, everybody has a different set of circumstances and that is one thing that I really wanted to talk about as part of this module. And I'm sure we'll keep coming back to it. You know, Tracy and I, we're not suburban because there's not like a city right around the corner and we're not rural because, you know, it's not, farm plot after farm plot after farm plot. We live in a town. We have a military base, so we have a relatively large population of people that are coming and going. But I don't know what the word for that is. I, I know somebody who might know the word for that. So maybe I'll have to ask him what he th- what, like what we're officially designated as. We're within a municipality. So mm-hmm. we're in a municipal area, but mm-hmm. we're still kind of small town USA. Mm-hmm. At, you know, We have a Walmart, but we don't have a Lowe's. So if that tells you kind of like the scale, (laughs) (laughs) right? like that's, that's us, Uh, you know, and I, what I always think of, oh man, sometimes I'd love to live in a bigger city because in bigger cities, you can find things that I'm really passionate about, like zero waste bulk stores and groups and organizations that are more environmentally conscientious. But, you know, but then we, like Rain said, we're adjacent to kind of country farmland. So we can get easy access to people who are doing the homestead or Mm -hmm. raising grass-fed beef or have the, you know, chickens at enough that they can sell eggs. We have all these wonderful strawberry farms, blueberry farms, fresh seafood. So we have access to these wonderful things. And that is, and that is something that Tracy and I have always been more intentional about, or have always been 
interested in making sure that we were trying to make those choices. But now as a result of the work that we're doing with what if we are really being very focused, intentional on making those choices. So Tracy, how does our made from scratch stuff serve joy? Joy. Mm. I even had my joy coffee mug this morning because I was thinking about her. You know, joy is is always looking for ways to kind of level up her game and her her mom, home life, the things that we are passionate about, the things that are on our passion list are are a lot of the same things that she's passionate about. So the fact that Made From Scratch checks off so many of those boxes is a reason why she's instantly connected to Made From Scratch. She has children at home who she wants to actively involve in the process and the skill building of creating good, healthy food at home. And so I think for, for those reasons, this is the perfect module for Joy. I agree. Okay, so let's get into the details then of exactly what we're going to be doing. The whole two weeks is going to be about made from scratch, but week number one is really going to be in the kitchen. We're going to be doing some food-based recipes, and then week two is going to be more household and hygiene-based, so cleaning products, stuff that we might use on our bodies and that sort of thing. We'll talk more about week two in our next podcast. Right now, I'm going to kind of just focus on the the week one stuff. First of all, I want to only use what I'm deeming ordinary ingredients, things that probably you have in your kitchen anyway. And if you don't have them in your kitchen, it's because you probably used it up. So one of the recipes that I've selected is a hummus recipe, which often uses tahini as an ingredient. Tahini is not an ingredient that I keep on hand because other than hummus, actually, I don't even know what it might go in. And so clearly I am not cooking in whatever culinary vein that might be. But what I did was I went online and I looked up substitutes and I found out that nut butters are often used as a substitute for tahini. I just happened to buy a great jar of almond butter from the Living Well down east store that is in Newburn, North Carolina. We did a reel, I think, about it a couple of weeks ago. So I'm going to use that as a substitute replacement. So one of the things that I would like to do is if we're using a recipe that uses a slightly non-traditional, <laughs> non-Southern kitchen traditional ingredient, I would like to try to find substitutes if and when possible. Number two is equipment. So I also don't want to use any equipment that might be sort of non-standard in a kitchen. So obviously, you know, your stove is fine. Your oven is fine. I think your microwave is probably fine. I also listed out, you know, we both have stand mixers. I think mixers are probably one of those things that a lot of people, you know, in our sort of demographic and interest group have access to or have in their own home. I also have the crock pot. And I said yes to the instant pot. Let me ask you if you agree with that. Okay, so I don't have a crock pot, so. Oh, uh, <laughs> but your instant pot you can use as a crock pot. Yes. Okay. So I instant think. pot. I've yes. never tried it. Oh, really? Yes, because I don't. Oh, it's in um, it's in a blog post that I wrote. But I have a. Remember, I talked about my green thumb. Yes. About, gardening and mm -hmm. I labeled it kind of brownish. Yes. So I have the same thumb when it comes to crock pots and crock pot recipes. They're just elusive to me. I can't do it. Like I've tried and tried and tried and every like you're going to say it like everybody. Mm -hmm. It's so easy. I'm just um, challenged in the crock pot area. No, so that's I why I do not have one. 
I'm going to laugh at you because I'm like the crockpot queen. So that doesn't surprise <laughs> me like based on the conversation. So Tracy and I identified a very foundational difference between the two of us yesterday, which is I really love to bake because baking generally has like these very clear rules and a very set recipe. And if you, if you deviate too much, you get yourself in trouble and whatever it is that you're trying to do is just not going to turn out as intended. And Tracy says, I'm like, well, I've never really liked baking because there's too many rules to follow and you have to get it. it's such an exact science. So I prefer cooking because then I can kind of like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, whatever. Yeah. And that terrifies me. I'm like, no, I like, just <laughs> tell me what to do. So that I, and I feel like the crock pot probably, maybe that's our, our problem too. Cause the crock pot is, you know, you just put it in there and then you leave it alone. And my guess is you're probably like, it says I should do this, but maybe I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> Yes, I, I can I can honestly say there has never been anything successful that came out of a crock pot that I touched. <laughs> okay, and was in charge of. So I will I will say crock pot is okay for any of you who want to use a crock pot in the listening audience. Tracy and I will stick with our instant pot, but our instant pot do we consider that a relatively like normal appliance in a standard kitchen, or should we not include that also? Yeah, I mean, I feel like so many people have Instapots. I think mm -hmm. between like they, they have a crock pot or Instapot or both. A coffee pot is a <laughs> is a critical appliance, y'all. So if that if that's part of your made from scratch routine so that you can get going, I'm 100% on board with that. And see, that's where I, we don't have a coffee pot because we do French press. Gotcha. So your coffee making machine. So here's the other thing. One of the reasons also why I feel like the made from scratch module fits into what we're doing is just like a general preparedness. And I made a joke when I made my introductory video saying, it's not as if I'm not gonna have access to a cookbook and some recipes in the event that there's something happening that requires me to really rely on these skills. But in the moment is not when you want to be trying to figure out like how to make a loaf of bread. In the moment that you're having an issue, you want to know that you have enough familiarity with your tools, with your skills, that you can sort of drop back on the basics to get yourself to the next level of where you need to be. So I think I actually do have a French press. I think I bought it as part of my hurricane supplies years ago. And I think it's just sitting in there with some other gadgets and I've never actually pulled it out, put it together and learned how to use it. And that's like, that's a fail. So when it comes to the equipment that I think is really very clearly out of realm, I mentioned specifically the dehydrator, because there's a lot of things that we could do with the dehydrator and the juicer because smoothies and juices and that kind of stuff. And I didn't really go too far down that rabbit hole because I didn't really feel like we needed to. Like, I feel like, you know, we'll know it when we see it kind of thing, but just specifically. And the, and the air fryer, I thought, you know what, that's probably not something that needs to be relied upon. Mm -hmm. Any questions on equipment or ingredients? Nope, I got it. So when it comes to week one, we have decided that we are going to do it sort of together and sort of independently. So I'm going to come up with a list of seven things, you know, seven things for seven days that we are going to do. And we are both going to do those things together at our own houses, but in tandem. And then along the way, we're also going to be paying attention to what we're eating and drinking. So like as we find ways to make things from scratch, we're going to be adding it to our stories or making reels or, you know, that kind of stuff too. So it's going to be, there's going to be a formal element to it. And then there's going to be an informal element. And we kind of went through everything yesterday to make sure that we both felt comfortable with it. And where we landed is, first of all, we are going to start a sourdough because it's something that we both really want to do and i'm very I, I have done it in the past 
but I've never really kept it going. So I, and I'm really excited about this starting the sourdough. Well, you know, I'm excited. Yes. And you know, it's like, we, my, it's like my birthday. <laughs> then we're going to do bagels and cream cheese. And you know, there is a evidently a national cream cheese shortage. So I'm really excited about having the opportunity to make our own cream cheese. We're going to do pizza dough and pizza sauce, pita chips and hummus, which I've already talked about the hummus. We are going to do veggie burgers that we can incorporate our microgreens with and some homemade mac and cheese. We're going to do a crustless quiche. We're going to do some cinnamon rolls. We're going to do bread. We'll, we'll probably do bread multiple times because I've actually been doing a lot of bread anyway. <laughs> and then some honey cinnamon butter. And so, well, I'm not sure about the honey cinnamon butter. Really, that is, I'm not planning on making butter from scratch, although I guess I could probably find something to see if we want to just as another point of information. But what I was kind of hoping with this one was just to take some butter that I already had and sort of upgrade it in fun ways because you know, sometimes making things from scratch really is just combining elements that you already have. You don't have to make your butter from scratch. You don't have to milk your cow, right? We've already talked about that. So sometimes it is just using what you've already got and kind of embellishing it or or making it more than it was before. Any questions on any of that, Tracy? So I have made butter numerous times before. Oh, yeah? Um, and so when you mentioned that to me, I was thinking I might try to actually do that as part of our um, school during the end of the week. That would be wonderful. I have never made butter. So if you wanted to do something like that, I'm I'm probably just going to use the butter that I've got in my fridge. But if you want to take it a step further, I would be super appreciative. And I'm sure that Joy would be as well. <laughs> All right. So that kind of wraps up the overview of week one. Like I said, week two is going to be household and hygiene, and we'll go over the sort of circumstances for that in our next podcast. I have asked Tracy when it comes to our stories for the next couple of weeks, there really is a science <laughs> to some of what mm -hmm. we're doing. And so what we're trying to do is we want to capture some of that kind of content and deliver it as part of our feed and our stories too. And in addition to that, you know, other resources that we'll put on Facebook as far as documentaries to watch or mm -hmm. articles to read that really dive into the, the fascinating science of food, the history of food, like who, who came up with this idea that yeast could grow. We live in a culture that has really disconnected us from our food sources. Mm -hmm we we don't know and i think there's so much intrinsic value in learning the the origins of food and the why why does this happen how does this happen well what happens if you do this instead i think anything that we can do to really raise awareness and get people excited about it via whatever method gets them excited i think is valuable so Tracy, I am going to say, so, you know, we've been trying to come up with hashtags to use along the way. I haven't been great about doing that, but I did spend some time thinking about it. And I would like to use the hashtag, what if I unprocess <laughs> for us. In addition, though, we are going to be joining the hashtag Project Unprocess that is in use by uh, Hippie Billy Homestead. And Tracy brought this idea to the table. So Tracy, can you run us through like what's going on over there and why we think it's a good idea? Yeah, it's a channel that offers a phenomenal content of, you know, just just what it says, unprocessing the recipe, you know, making it simple, making it from home. I had no idea you could make 
ketchup at home so easily. I was like, wait, what? What mm -hmm. for real? I didn't I didn't know that. Mary Sue um, was so disappointed. I know, she had left some Heinz <laughs> Heinz ketchup and it has to be Heinz. Don't bring it better not be organic. The old fashioned Heinz. One of the things for me personally is I am on a mission to eliminate as much plastic from our home as possible, especially in our refrigerator and pantry. And so the idea of I can take several of these staple ingredients and create something. So that's some of the content that you can find on that particular channel. And they're actively promoting the unprocessing of food to just make it simple. Like just these, it's very, very simple. You know, Rain, like I was just sitting here thinking about it. Like if I looked at the process of getting Heinz ketchup to my home mm -hmm. and the ingredients, like it's not simple. It's simple for me to go buy it off the shelf, but it isn't a simple process. It's not, it is not, if you just think about it for one second, but being able to take these more raw, very simplistic ingredients, vinegar, tomato paste, you know, I don't remember, maybe some sugar, sugar, and combine those things to make another product. Like that's really simple and you can store it in a glass jar, you know, but mm -hmm. anyway, those are the kinds of things that you can find on, on the hippie Billy homestead. And um, she has some other pretty cool uh, hashtags as well. I feel like we need to include ketchup in our in our week because we have talked about it in several different ways. And you're right, it is so easy. We're doing veggie burgers. That can be a condiment that we put over there as well. Okay, Tracy, so I feel like we have gone over a lot as always. Even with a strong outline, we have an, we, we go. And I think that's wonderful though. I think what that is showing us is that we really have a vibrant idea and that we are excited about and that there's a lot of content there to, to wade through. So it doesn't upset me. It makes me really happy except for the uh, editing process of the podcast. <laughs> that's another problem for another hour. Tracy, is there any, oh, so I do, this is something that I have. Tracy, how about our website? Is that something we're going to be pushing publish on today? Where are we, do you think? We're we're super close. Maybe not today, but okay. I'm thinking by our Wednesday. Okay. Great. Cuz you know some of, we have been applying for some affiliate uh, statuses. Like I told you, we did True Leaf Market. We talked about we got our Amazon set up today. And I actually applied for the Wallaby Goods one, which is the Mylar bags for food storage. I just mm -hmm. did that kind of ahead of time because I know that that's going to be coming up over and over in the future. And, you know, I feel like these opportunities for us to sort of partner with these products that we are using anyway, in my personal opinion, are is the way to go. Absolutely. Okay, well, good. So our website should be up and running, maybe even by the time this episode goes live. But if not, then probably within 24 hours of that. Yes, there's a little bit more work to do, but it's all refining. It's just kind of a, some refining process. And now that we have these links, we can drop those links into some of the content we've already created. So that's mm -hmm. super exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we're, we are very, very close. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Okay, Tracy Louise, is there anything else that we need to discuss for week one of our Made From Scratch module? What's for breakfast? <laughs> well, you can do a crustless quiche or some cinnamon rolls <laughs> or some bread and butter, bagels and cream cheese. I mean, I got options for you, girl. Well, yesterday we had our homemade biscuits from scratch with Rain's apple butter, and it was a huge hit. 
Awesome. Yes. And my apple butter from Tracy's apples. See y'all, it's a system. It's give and take. It's partnership. It's working together. It's creating a culture of yes. sustainability. Yep. Anybody who, you have. anybody who tells you that you can do it on your own is not feeding you solid information. You, you can maybe do it on your own for a, a little bit of time, but that's not a sustainable system. And anybody who's telling you to do it in ways that you know, like Tracy said earlier, are making you feel like you're not doing it right or you're not doing it well. If you end up feeling less than after you've participated in their content, they don't have your best interests at heart. So so do what feels good, do what feels right. And we hope you do it with us. Absolutely. All right, Tracy, is that a wrap? That's a wrap.